brilliant. That's bloody brilliant. Get this show on the road. Yes. You were talking about the new exciting announcement. Um. So yeah. Uh, it's been a really weird, um, bad, uh, w- really weird time to to do like a little hiatus for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very bad timing. Because obviously they've, um, and we did address this in an earlier episode about um, David Tennant, the rumour about him returning. Yeah. Uh, of course, it ended up being true. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to go into the next season of Doctor Who completely blind, just be aware that we're going to discuss like the rumours and the leaks around the new season and the new Doctor and the new mm-hmm. companions and the old companions. Although I don't know, I, I don't know everything. You know more me. about the leaks and haven't filled me in because you uh, don't want to. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's just gonna scare me for no good reason. I think it's a good reason. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna have to watch it eventually, so I might as well um, continue on in my ignorant bliss until mm-hmm. I watch it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because obviously. Since we last sat down and since I last edited and uploaded an episode, which mm-hmm. was like a month ago <laughs> at least, um, a lot of stuff has happened. Um, obviously we have, I am going to manifest it by saying the 14th Doctor, Shuti Gapwa, has been announced, so congrats to him. Mm-hmm. It's uh, And then... They also recently announced that um, David Tennant and um, Catherine Tate are coming back and they're filming right now with Wilf and also Donna's husband. Oh, yeah, husband. with Wilf. Oh, thank God. Yeah. That's at least going to be something to look forward to. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and, and her husband. Not that he's something to look forward to, but he's also back. Yeah. Mm. Okay, sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. That's something to look forward to. And her husband. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget him. Okay. Anyway, mm. uh, her husband. I hope they have a good relationship. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want I want her to be happy. Um, yeah. Hopefully, they kind of do some damage control with her ending, like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm nervous, and I'm not sure. We'll find out. And obviously, they've announced the new companion, which is. I know her name is Yas- Yasmin Finney. Yeah. Who's um Rose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a choice. Which is, uh, yeah, it's a choice. And I don't support it. I don't know what Russell is thinking. What is he thinking? Mm-hmm. I'm just I just want to call her Lily. Such a better name. <laughs> Which when we read that ad, I'm like, yeah, Lily, that's a fine name. And we even pointed out that like it would be kind of weird if he named his two first companions when he starts up the show again, both, both after, after flowers. flowers. But not even that. He's not even going to do yeah. like a theme. He's mm-hmm. just going to give both of them the same name. And obviously that, that companion that I that read out, um, that no, sorry, the ad for that actor was um, the character of Rose. Yeah, and it's weird looking back now reading it because in the ad, it says um, that the character of Lily at the time had um, 
the thing is, uh, this is obviously, they probably came up with lily because it's a flower because they didn't want to say rose because mm-hmm. then people would kind of figure things out more than you already knew. Yeah. Um, but in the ad, it says that lily at the time has uh, a white British parent and a black British parent. Oh, yeah. And it never crossed my mind that the white British parent is Donna. <laughs> no, why would it? Because it's... Why would I be like, yeah, I'm sure it's Donna's child. No, I hate that. I'm not. Mm-mm-mm. For the record, I don't support it at all. I think it's very <laughs> yeah, you cliche could... and stupid. And I'd prefer if the companion gets to travel. I, we obviously don't know the story. I think so far, nothing is really making sense to me. I don't understand where does Shooty fit in with all of this. And why is the companion that we... Yeah, you are led to believe it's going to be Shooty's companion. Why is she with David Tennant? You compared it to Peter Pan 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure there are other stories like that. Uh, but Peter Pan comes to mind. Where, like, you know, you have... You can't have the mum, so then you have the daughter. Yeah. Oh, um, The Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid 2? Yeah, The Little Mermaid 2. Oh. That's also about, like, Ariel's daughter. What happened to her? Um, yeah, there's a like, man in that such one. Such a fanficy yeah. thing as yeah, well. It's very Wattpad. Yeah, you were saying that because uh, when I was writing fanfiction, mm-hmm. <laughs> not a, not on Wattpad but on a Swedish website. <laughs> so Corpi none Beban. of you will be yeah Corpi Beban <laughs> if we have any Swedish listeners. I wrote a fanfiction about um, Scorpius Malfoy, Draco Malfoy's son, and like his relationship with um, Rose Weasley and. What's Rose? Albus. Yeah, Rose. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. And like, yeah, it's a very fanficy thing to be like, oh, what about their children? And what if we just wrote a version where these loved old characters were their children? We told um, their story. It's like, always the way, the thing with that is that you just want to do, you just want to use the character, but you want to make them like, where they, you, you can add whatever personality you want to them and mm. they're younger and they can have whatever relationship you want there's no canon to stick to mm. when it's obvious you just want to do like peter pan with wendy again but you're like okay what if i just give her a daughter it's kind of like exactly the same and exactly the same story except this is a i can quite a different ending like it's so mm, it's so cliche yeah and, and just like from a companion standpoint it's I, i'm I so prefer just the companion traveling with the doctor, not because they know someone Mm -hmm. that he knows, but because... The nepotism companion. Exactly. (laughs) And obviously the doctor is not going to travel with someone just because they know someone, but Mm -hmm. he's going to travel with someone because they're worth it and they're the best of the bunch. Which I'm sure that's how it's going to be portrayed. Yeah. I mean, hopefully... Um, but yeah, there's still like, uh, kind of, yeah, we, uh, we don't really like the suggestion that just, oh, he's going to travel with her because it's Donna's daughter. So, oh, he, he has a connection there. Yeah. And obviously this isn't like official, but there are recordings from set where she's yelling mum after Donna. Oh. So that's how we know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the other thing about it, um, which we talked about is like it's just impractical to have two companions who have the same name 
Why would you do that? And why? People are just going to get I them don't... confused. I mean, not confused, but like... Because you can't say Rose now without, like, which one do you mean? Yeah, it's Rose Tyler and Rose Noble. And, like, uh, also it feels kind of unfair to this new Rose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that she's going to be the new Rose. You know, she's not really going to get to be her own companion. And, like, we can't speak too soon. Like, maybe she will be really popular and really great. But, like... Rose Tyler is the most popular iconic. Yeah, new who companion. Mm -hmm. She's I mean out of all the companions yeah. even, she's one of the most iconic. Yeah, but Rose, Sarah, Je Sarah Jane and Rose, Rose is probably the two most popular. Yeah, which is why they have an episode together. <laughs> but, um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, but like she's so beloved and people are so attached to her, which is not only because of her as a character, you know, because I think she, Billy does a great performance and she's very lovable, but it's also because of the way she's treated in the show even after she leaves. Mm -hmm. You know, she's held up to this, like... Impossible standard. Yeah, and yeah. like Rose. Oh my God, I'm, he's never going to forget Rose. We're never going to find no, someone at Rose ever. She's no one's the only gonna, one of her kind, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no one's ever going to compare to her. Like, yeah, obviously she... <laughs> She's very hard to live up to and to like to come in as a completely new companion and be like, oh yeah, and I'm the second Rose. It's like, mm. yeah, it just feels kind of unfair to her. I think there's, I, I, I want to say that there has to be a reason why her name is that. There has to be some plot reason. Yeah. Especially because it's Donna naming her child Rose. At the same time, it so also feels like something where it could just be like, ten, ten. David Tennant reacts. I can't even say ten anymore because I don't believe it is ten. You can't when he kind of reacts to the name. Probably Rose, and then that's it. Because uh, we were saying that, like, considering that Yasmin yep. is trans, and presumably her character will also be trans, as we read in the ad. Donna wouldn't actually have named her Rose, mm -hmm. most likely. But it could probably be kind of like in The Snowman when Clara says Pond on the phone, you know? Oh, yeah. Or not on the phone, but to, um, to Vastra. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, there's no real logic behind why she's saying that but it's going to trigger a reaction in the doctor. So yeah, like, except there is a pond, but like, there's no reason why she would pick yeah, that no, particular she, word. She doesn't yeah. know that he has a relationship to that word, mm -hmm. where it could be the same thing with Rose, mm -hmm. where you know she just called herself Rose, mm -hmm. and You're the doctor is going to react to that regardless of whether it's on purpose or not. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Yeah, and obviously... Uh, again, like... Most people already know this, but it's kind of like with Shooty's first Doctor Who magazine cover, like it doesn't say what number. Oh no, he is, which is, and it doesn't say anywhere in the interview, and no one has ever mentioned that he is fourteen. Fourteen, never ever said, mm -hmm. um, and you know is very specific with, um with um a new doctor like the one i specifically remember the most is obviously 
Capaldi, Peter mm-hmm. Capaldi, and that was like the twelfth Doctor is like it's very mm-hmm. like the twelfth Doctor, and like it's yeah. never just and and obviously and obviously that's included in just seeing the Doctor as well, mm-hmm. but um, so I'm definitely worried, and I also think the change of costume doesn't have to it. I, I'm fine with the change of costume, but it kind of for David Tennant that is yeah um, but it does look strange. And he's got um a new Sonic, which is just like okay, that that is a lot. It's also suspicious. Because why would Ten get a new Sonic only for like an adventure in the middle of his run? Yeah, when he shows up in the fifty season an- four. Yeah, when he shows up in the fiftieth anniversary, yeah. you know he's just being plucked out of his timeline, the yeah. timeline that we've already seen. Yeah, and it's all at the end of it as well. Yeah, mm. but it's like. This is a person who we've seen his whole story and this happens during it. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't seem like it happens during the story of 10 that we have Mm -hmm. watched. Mm -hmm. This seems like a different point in his timeline, which obviously there can't be because we've been with him from regeneration to regeneration. Yeah. So like, where's the gap in which he wears a completely different coat and has a different sonic screwdriver? Mm-hmm. And it's not just the coat; it's the yeah, it's, it's the, the look, suit yeah. and the tie, the whole look. And but obviously, it's it's very derivative of his original costume. So yeah. That also is intentional. Has to be. So there's obviously different theories that um, that he's. Or fourteen, and it's only gonna be for the special that Jody, which is just I agree with that. I'm I'm obviously not really big fan of of Jody particularly as the Doctor, um. But I it, and I'm. And I'm not against it or anything like that, but I'm not like, convinced that we have to have more female Doctors. It's I don't think that's, um, no. super super necessary, but I do think it's. Um, it's quite unfortunate and um, very it's just a big step backwards if Jodie regenerates back into David Tennant oh my god the, yeah the, like the most male of the dog. <laughs> yes it just feels very yeah it, 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 and it's kind of a statement for like the success of their seasons like oh mm. here we have this massively unsuccessful female doctor who like quote unquote ruined Doctor Who but like really brought the numbers down and that's not Jodie's fault absolutely not it's you know the whole production uh, Chibnall it's the writing the writing is responsible Mm -hmm. but like people are gonna always associate her with that era of Doctor Who where it just kind of uh, did not live up to what people had uh, come to expect from it and then it's gonna regenerate back into like the most successful era of it mm-hmm. although that's kind uh, of, that's not true. that's Moffat but like yeah you know when it really blew up yeah right was during Tan's era yeah but I feel like people still have such an attachment to David Tennant in a different way than they have to Eleven I think and mm-hmm. Matt Smith I think that p- people are just so crazy about David Tennant and I don't know why because and um, we're really, really staunch supporters of Eleven. He's a fantastic doctor. He is. He's absolutely amazing. And yeah, but it's kind of a shame that because he was so, 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 so popular that he's kind of fallen into the background mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, and people don't talk about him at all the same way that they still talk about David Tennant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how much they love him. Um, I think also there's been a long enough time 
since David yeah. Cameron left to where people... I mean, Matt Smith was 10 years ago, but it's still... And he's been in more kind of... Um, more shows that are more aligned with the kind of material that people who watch Doctor Who are going to consume. I, I don't mean, agree with that at all. I think it's the opposite. He's okay, a... I'm talking about specifically Good Omens. Oh, you mean David Tennant? Oh, yeah, I, thought, Tennant. I, thought, I thought you mean Matt Smith. No, I was no, like, no. no, The Crown and like the Game of yeah, Thrones. No. <laughs> so I was like, not at all. But, but, like, but well, Good Omens is very Doctor Who. <laughs> it's British. What's the difference? <laughs> no, I mean David Tennant. Um, I understand why he's like staying in the minds of these people because they're going to go on to watch Good Omens and I don't know what else he's He's just been, been iconized but, in, in, in a way that... Matt wasn't yeah, for some reason. And I think he's a very he seems like a sweet guy. He seems really nice. Mm-hmm. Um so I get why people are so attached to him. Mm-hmm. But like it it reaches like a kind of ridiculous level at times. Because I remember I told you this, I was talking about um about Doctor Who with a guy that I met at university mm-hmm. and like um trying to sort of tell him about this Epiphany, epiphany that we had had about the tenth Doctor and how you know he's kind of an asshole sometimes, and mm-hmm. it, which is like I can still like him and still recognize he's that still he's, charming and he's it's very still, charming. It's it's still good casting. Yeah, like, definitely. He's not... very right for that role, mm-hmm. but he's kind of a douchebag sometimes. And I just brought that up just in general, and this guy was like, he would not have it. He's like, no. I just love David Tennant. And I'm like, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm mm. not saying David Tennant is an asshole because his character is a dick sometimes. I'm like, I'm sure David Tennant is a great guy. But he's like, no, I just love David Tennant. I can't... Uh, no, I think he's great. Like, yeah, also, I'm not attacking David Tennant. And like, I'm not saying <laughs> everyone has to criticize David Tennant. But like, it is interesting how people really hold him to this standard and... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you and I talk a lot about celebrity worship and yeah. that kind of thing, which I think translates to certain characters where we just will not take any criticism of them and just they have to be this perfect person. Well, um, yeah, lots of thoughts about David Tennant. <laughs> Which and yeah, his character. Which leads us into which is interesting because this is the first time we actually get to sit relatively very short, um, to talk yeah. about him because this is his first on screen appearance. Yeah, in the show because, and you screamed when I told you that we just watched the episode earlier today, <laughs> and halfway through I was like, we're gonna see David Tennant at the end of this. And I didn't realize. I thought because I I didn't I don't know why I didn't realize. I was like, oh, it's Chris last episode, yeah. and that's sad. Mm-hmm. Chris, but I was I didn't realize that that also equals we're gonna see ten for the first time, and this yeah. is where it starts. <laughs> um, and I was like, no, <laughs> I can't. Um, so we're excited because um, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, going forward. Um, it's so exciting. We're finally gonna be able to you know, dive into the different issues that we have with him without just sounding like, we don't like him. Like, no, we have reasons. And also without having to say, but we'll talk about that later. That will come up later. Yeah, we're finally going to be able to talk about it. Yeah. So obviously this episode is um, 
we watched um, Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways. So mm-hmm. um, this is the finale for season one. I love how we barely talked about Shooty, by the way. Oh, well, we can talk about Shooty. Do you, do you have anything to say? No, I've, I've, I've actually seen him in Sex Education. So. Yeah. No, I think we should get into talking about the episode. But yeah, I haven't seen him in anything. Uh, but I'm pretty positive. Yeah, the thing is, I, I think he's quite an odd choice. I think he's kind of left field. It's mm-hmm. not someone I would consider. But um, I... But you always say that with the doctor, and mm-hmm. that has all only recently only been not great mm-hmm. once. Otherwise, you've always been questioning it, and then it's always very, very right. Yeah. Um. So, um, I, I don't trust Russell as much as I was as I would trust um, Moffat. Yeah. But um, I do believe at least that he has made a choice that works for the role and, and Moffat obviously has given his, his blessing and agreed with it so it's going to be interesting to see if, uh, I, I believe it, it probably is as it should be which is this this actor was made to play this part or this mm-hmm. this is the part that they've been waiting to play yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I hope it turns out I just hope they give. I just, I just hope they give him a fair chance, and which is yeah. also the thing with ten. Like it's kind of, uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, let's with, without without further ado. Hello, and welcome to Doing the Woo, a Doctor <laughs> Who podcast where we rewatch, analyze, and discuss the Crown Jewel of County V. Do- Doctor Who. Doctor, I forgot the name of the show. <laughs> We're the doers, I'm Daphne. And I'm Irma. And that was the longest intro we've ever done. Um, you forgot about the time when I was looking for eyes for like twenty minutes and I Yeah, but I think you cut that out. Obviously, yeah, but that this was... time we've been talking. Oh, I'm gonna cut a lot of this. Yeah, every time I speak. Exactly. Just so only like the intelligent thoughts are gonna be mm-hmm. heard. Okay. And opinions. <laughs> then we're not gonna get an intro at no. all. Oh, no, true. <laughs> so, oh. we already said which episodes we watched today. It's also quite obvious, because that's the, the next episodes in the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the only other two-parter. No, it's the third two-parter. The third two-parter. In the series. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a lot of two-parters. Yeah. Um, and, again, it's like I significantly liked... The first the part. first part. Yeah, me too. Better than the second. Um, I really like the start of... Oh, the cold open is <laughs> really good. Um, Bad Wolf, that's what it's called. Yeah, so it starts with the Doctor um, entering this, uh, like, apartment kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, and being really confused and, like, falling around all over the place. Him in the elevator is so funny, it's just in a yeah. fetal position. <laughs> then he's just dramatically like clawing on the walls, <laughs> throwing himself um, everywhere. Yeah, uh, um, it's a great cold open when he's like, you've got to, to be, be kidding, me. kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we said that um, this... They should have allowed him to say to swear because they say, "Please don't swear or no profanity." <laughs> yeah, it should have been, and that would have been very funny. 
but mm-hmm. unfortunately they did not. They cowered. Yeah. So in the same season where they could, they said prostitute, and concubine. Concubine. Oh, that's not so much, but prostitute and uh, and bitch, bitchy trampoline. Oh yeah, they did. And I think bitchy trampoline is like, like one out of two instances where a bad like a cuss word is said in the show. Uh huh. Knew him. Really? Well, indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Really? So, <laughs> Ida and I have a thing where she just, uh, she always says, mm hmm. But she mm-hmm. says it like, not like, uh huh. Like she says it, mm hmm. <laughs> so, that's what she's making fun of herself with. So, um, watch out for her, mm hmm. I think I probably say it a lot on this show. Definitely. All the time. Probably. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so our all three of our heroes, Jack, Rose, and Nine, have mm-hmm. been teleported to Satellite Five. five. Uh, the most different... iconic location from the most iconic episode of all time, the Schlong Game. Yes, our favorite episode. And, and uh, Nine does a little callback when he says, "What is? What are we? Some kind of long game?" game? No kidding. <laughs> um. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and they all end up on different floors in different game shows. Mm-hmm. Or just shows, because what game show is Jack's? He's just getting a makeover. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. But it's, like, still a, a TV show. And I think this is, yeah, it's a, a TV show, definitely. I think this is why, also, why I prefer, and I think Bad Wolf, that episode is stronger, mm-hmm. because those scenes are so funny. <laughs> they really are. They're really good. And they're really witty and just it's just fun to watch. Yeah, I love the different situations that they're all in. Because they're so great for that character. Like, oh. Nine is just really, really done with the whole situation. It's like, really um, pissed off at these people. And the fact that he's stuck in this tacky apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and Rose is just, she's so funny. Yeah, she I is love not, her in this. She's not taking it seriously at all. Her reactions are hilarious. Yeah, because it's so over the top. So Rose is the one who's on, like, the really traditional game show, like... Um, the, the Weakest Link. The Weakest Link. And she's, like, really overplaying how ridiculous she thinks it is mm-hmm. when she... Um, She's kind of freaked out at first, but then when they start just asking questions, she's like, oh, how should I know? And she <laughs> says some like ridiculous answer, and she's like, tee She uh, is messy, It's mom. so funny, and her reactions to everything, and it's like, the other contestants are just having these breakdowns, and like, they're so stressed out and crying, and she's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Her face is so funny. Yeah, she's not at all concerned. She's like, sorry, but like, it's the game, you know, what are you yeah, gonna do? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it's the whole, the, it's the best part of the episode because everything else is kind of boring, I think. Yeah. Well, the Dalek stuff, I'm just like, I'm zoning out. I kept saying to you, this is so boring. Every time <laughs> there was a Dalek on screen, I'm like, no. The other part that I like is, oh my God, Lydia? Linda. Linda. I really like her. Yeah, she's... I think her and Rita are, like, the obvious, like, 
they yeah. should have been companions and it's yeah. and I get it's a I mean I feel feel like Rita's death is really felt this ep- Linda's death is kind of not as no. big so she could have also survived and that would have been nice yeah I completely forgot that she died oh really like when it when she was stuck in this room and the Daleks came for her, I was like, I don't actually remember if she makes it or not. Oh. Uh, but then she dies and it's just like, we never get a reaction from anyone. Um, oh yeah, we, that's true. And, not even from Nine, who was like willing, who really wanted to hurt yeah, the drama with him. Exactly. Um, and who obviously like, was a little interested in her. <laughs> yeah, they're very flirty with each other. But yeah, we don't really get any acknowledgement from any of the other characters that like, She's dead now, uh, and the story just moves on from that. So it feels kind of like, oh, they just didn't really know where to go with her. So we're just gonna have one of the dogs kill her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but I really think she's uh, she's very likable. She's sweet, as yeah. the doctor puts it. Sweet as Linda, mm-hmm. and also she couldn't continue on traveling with him anyway because it's gonna he's gonna regenerate at the end of the episode. So she kind of. Well, why would that stop him? He's I gonna mean, turn into one track mind tent. Tent, true. Yes, <laughs> that and also. Well, yeah. I just think, like, writing wise, that wouldn't have worked so well. <laughs> no, and I also don't think season two would have, like. I mean, it would have. Just I, narratively, like, we don't need another blonde, white girl no companion like, but I, she's nice but are we gonna have both of them yeah no like i said though um when we were watching i think season two would have benefited from having a bit more jack with them yes absolutely so it's a shame is he in season two i don't think so because I, I think at that point he they kind of leave him and he gets to do torchwood yeah okay yeah, and the other contestants whose names I don't remember. Crosby and I oh, think yeah. anything like Sprout or something like that. Sprout <laughs> or Sprout or <laughs> great names. Uh, yeah, I find it kind of funny that when Crosby gets like evicted, mm-hmm. they don't act like she's gonna die. They like get so worked up and upset. They're like, "Oh no, Crosby, no!" Oh, that's so sad. But I'm gonna miss you so much. Bye. And like they're very worked up, but it's not like yeah, she's gonna go in there and get blown to pieces. I think this is. Um, I think first of all, like they're so used to it, like Linda, yeah. does, which is I. I also think it's weird, and I think that was kind of it's kind of like a weak spot in the episode or the episodes, is just them. I don't know the world that this is that that um that has happened and been caused by mm. nine's interference mm. that it's just very she kind of she knows it's bad that someone dies and like Linda as a com- potential companion knows it's bad mm. but she's also not like she's like well of course I watch and you know or of course there's nothing else to do we don't have a choice or like everyone dies that's the point it's just very like it's obvious meant to be like they're kind of used to it and they've Mm -hmm. for a hundred years this has been the thing yeah but at the same time she's so like natural and cool about it and then later on she says hundred years of hell you know yeah so I think it's quite inconsistent just how serious this is Mm mm-hmm 
Um, and is that ever brought up? Is there like an overpopulation problem? No, I don't think so. Because I feel like they're killing so many people. They're like, they have this whole system that's based on them being able to, you know, kill dozens of people every single day. And obviously No, people... there's a reason for this. So okay, the reason, good. this is the very, like the only thing I was just going to say, like, I was before I realized this, I was about to say like, I don't remember, I didn't listen, I so <laughs> died, I was bored yeah. whenever the Daleks were on screen and also could oh, go. Yeah. And the, the, the... <laughs> The version we watched had such bad audio quality that it was really hard to hear what they were saying. Yeah. But um, the gist of it, like, I did not care about this at all. And I think it's very stupid that the Daleks are like... Um, so basically what they're doing is to re-harvest the, da- the Dalek race. Mm-hmm. They are killing people and then making them into Daleks. That's right. So they... They don't. They don't kill them with the ray. They send them to the Dalek ship where they turn them into Daleks, mm-hmm. and then. Um, but I don't see why the Daleks, why they're meth- as just as creatures that we know, th- what we know about them. It doesn't really. I don't get why they would wanna, why their method would be. Let's do game shows. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. our method. They would just do like a kind of a Nazi, just, just line up people yeah. against a wall and shoot them absolutely okay so i know that that's the premise of the episode mm-hmm. i did remember that when you said it so yeah that makes sense because i was thinking like there are humans that are behind this that are just like what if we did game shows but everyone died in them mm-hmm. but yeah it's the daleks but like as you say why are they coming up with this like elaborate plan uh when they could just just They're as not... easily destroyed as yeah. we established in Dalek in this season, a single Dalek could wipe out the entire human race. So why are they? Why do they need to, like, be all schemy about it? Yeah, and I don't. And I know they're kind of. It's also inconsistent with Daleks throughout the show. It's like, are they smart? Are they not smart? <laughs> yeah. I like. I think it makes more sense to see them as these kind of brutish. They're kind of brutes almost. They mm-hmm. they don't have really have class. They're just warfare, and hate and fear. Yeah, and they're not like I don't see them being scammers or scammers. <laughs> I, Con men. No, but what what are we saying? That, um, schemers. I don't yeah, see no. them being schemers no. or having like elaborate plans when they can just shoot someone with a gun. Why would they go through all of that extra work? Mm-hmm. I was. <laughs> I had a kind of funny thought when we were watching this mm-hmm. that because you and I were talking so much about like inequality and sexism and all that fun stuff last night yeah yeah and the Daleks you know they're kind of a very equal society yeah <laughs> it just struck me that like oh they have this emperor of the Daleks but like under that there doesn't seem to be a hierarchy or there, like people can be generals there is a there is a hierarchy but that's that's just like classic doctor who thing where it's just they've been brought back so many times and every time the writer feels like they have to create something new yeah they're like so there's this new race of daleks <laughs> so like the first time they did that they started doing that in classic who where they were like and then there's the golden daleks and then there's oh. the blue daleks and then there's the 
the ones with the red, the red Dalek, which is like the general or something mm-hmm. like that. I really don't care. <laughs> and then, you know, there's the this one, the Emperor of the Daleks, and then there's the human Dalek that we meet later, and then there's, yeah, the red Dalek, which mm-hmm. is a special one, and there's Davros, and, you know, it's just like... Yeah. Da- like, this Emperor isn't even at the top. It's Davros that's at right. the top. Yeah. The creator of the Daleks. Um... Well, I just thought it was kind of funny that, like, they don't really seem to have a lot of internal prejudice. <laughs> no, they're just... funny to it's me. It's like, if we're talking sexism, they don't really have that, because they're, yeah, no. they're just... It's... Yeah, they're... Uh, all yeah. of them are just machines. Machines? Machines. But, okay, And another thing about the Daleks. Well, uh, I think it's interesting the most overused word in all of history. <laughs> I think it's interesting that uh, half a million Daleks, or however, however many dogs there are in this episode, are um, so much less scary than the single Dalek. Yeah, because there's so Dalek. many of them, that's not scary anymore. Yeah, it's not scary at all. You don't care. They just come pouring out, and you're like, Oh, I'm so goofy that's a when lot they're of them. flying <laughs> yeah. away and like no, it's just the, yeah. This is this is the first time of out of many 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 where they keep just shoving oh, Daleks down, down our throats. The liberals, the leftists. <laughs> no, but just just overusing them to the point where it kind of becomes desaturized and, and just like they're supposed to be so scary but the doctor just keeps on defeating them no matter what it's just yeah. and he never really has to make a hard decision exactly. and it's never about anything they're just like they're here because they're popular yeah it doesn't really have a theme like what are they doing that's the thing about them it's never really all that difficult to defeat them mm-hmm. or i mean they talk about it being difficult like oh no yeah, everyone's like, gonna die you know, drastic things happen, like, you know, they open this rift in time and space, and Rose looks into the time vortex of the TARDIS, but, like, ugh, in the end, it's, like, pretty simple, they just kind of have this, um, Deus Ex Machina that, like, they can pull out, mm-hmm. and... Machina. 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 Oh, sorry. Well, no! <laughs> easy i didn't mean it like that you were so convinced i meant it because when you said my jeans or what you said oh i'm sorry do you say do you say vagina vagina this is too complex for me to keep up with mm-hmm. yeah I'm the, I'm the one who's saying mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. have you noticed yeah because it's a completely natural response yeah but it's the way anything. you say it because mm-hmm. you don't say that you know when we're talking about it not like uh-huh. Yeah. It's not like uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always so drawn out. It's so funny. Oh. Yeah. Um oh, and I was also thinking about you mentioned like nine's interference being very relevant to the plot of this episode because it like determined Oh, um from the Schlong game, you mean? From the Schlong game. Um uh, Nine, when Nine thought that he had saved everyone on Satellite 5, what actually ended up happening was a hundred years of hell on Earth. Because, like, the economy collapsed and no one had news and 
everything went into like chaos. Yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. But uh, in a way, I kind of appreciate that because we were talking in that episode about how it's a very easy solution to have this corrupt political system or like these, this corrupt media um, conglomerate. Mm. And the only thing you need to do to fix that is like go in and kill the evil monster that's ruling over it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, no, that's not what it's like in reality. Like these things are based on structures in society that um, enable people to, you know, do bad things. Yeah. And it's not as easy as, you know, you just kill the bad guy who's doing the bad stuff. It was like, um, so in a way I kind of appreciate that uh, it wasn't that easy. It turned out that, like, Nine thought that he did something mm-hmm. really clever and good. But then it's like, no, you can't just kill a guy and then... Shut all down pro- all the news. Yeah, shut down the news and all your problems are going to be solved. It's like, no, if you have, like, a broken system that's going to keep... Um, Being know. broken. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you. I do think, however, it was in this ep- these episodes, just like that episode, like what we said about it, it's, it's, it demands so much of the viewer. Mm-hmm. And it's like whenever they talk about like the history and like the, the economy collapse. And, you know, it's just like I, this, this would mean that I would have to have really listened and remembered stuff from the long game. And I didn't. And I still don't now. Mm-hmm. It's just like. That wasn't the best episode yeah, to base it on. It's funny that they ch- choose to bring back that particular episode. They could have done it, you know, they could have done it with Dalek. They could have used something with the Daleks in, yeah. like that, you know. Like the museum or like the, you know, institution that they Yeah, or, or Rand Staten or someone else. Right. Someone in the staff. But like, everything in this episode, or in this season, yeah. that then gets brought back later in the season, it's just the really bad episodes like with um aliens of london mm-hmm. obviously we got a good episode from that yeah so but that, the episodes themselves aren't the best yeah no so if that did work out well mm-hmm. um because boomtown is a lot of fun yeah but it's just fascinating that they were like yeah these are the aliens that we're gonna bring back uh, I think they probably thought they were like new iconic aliens. <laughs> yeah, Slovene. Maybe. Because I think they're new. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, in the other episode that we're gonna bring back and allude to and have that location again is The Long Game. Great episode that everyone is gonna love and adore and think is so much fun. Yeah. So, uh, just kind of um, um, wondering how you're thinking there, Russell. That and... There's so many characters in these these episodes that I don't care about. Like the uh, the controller character. It's just like, who is this? Am I supposed to care? She's so hammy when she dies. 
Oh, her. You're not my masters anymore. Like it's just like, oh no. <laughs> uh, and and like the the always classic Doctor Who thing, like the two co-workers who are in love with each other, but no one said anything, and then one of them dies, or they yeah. both die at the end. You're like. And they and, have this office romance. And there's just like a little scene where they flirt a little bit and that's supposed to make you really like care about them and be sad when they yeah. die, except you don't. We already care about Linda and we already care about yeah. Ryan and Rose. Yeah, I care. Like Linda is a good example because she's brought in like they are, but you care about her without there being like some romance. She's yeah. just nice and charismatic yeah. and then, mm-hmm. yeah, a sweet character. Right. Uh yeah, her I think about the one that you called the controller character. Her name is the controller. Okay, good. Because yeah. I was like, what is what who was that? <laughs> <laughs> the controller. Um I keep forgetting that she's in this episode. Yeah. Like, when she shows up, you're like, Oh yeah, this character and she feels like such a Doctor Who concept. Wasn't there also someone else who was like wired up in the long game? Sorry, the schlong game. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't remember. Again, we don't remember and we watched it well, a while ago, but, you know, more recently than most people. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think she could have been interesting. I, I'm i not as annoyed by her as you are, but mm-hmm. I think it's telling that you forget her so quickly. It's like... She's not necessary at all. No, she's really not. Why is she there? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, the Daleks are torturing her and she's like controlling all these news channels. But like, why? Can't they just control them like a normal news station? I mean, yeah. what, what's stopping them from just operating with their computers without, you know, plugging up a, um, a human to the system? But I do kind of like the concept of just you know, this five-year-old girl who's um, plugged into, like, a computer and... Um, that and also it... would have felt better if it was a child. Like, that would make oh. you feel more, I think. Yeah, maybe. Although I feel for her in the way that, like, she... This is her entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been here for years and this is all she's ever known. And, like, how cruel that is to do to a person. That, like, even if she... Um, she was taken out of it, you know, she would never really function as a person, I think, Mm -hmm. if you've um, (laughs) been like that your whole life. So it's a very tragic story, um, but ultimately it's kind of forgettable, even though it's so drastic, like it shouldn't be so forgettable. Yeah, because it's, but that's also because it's just like one line and then there's like a couple of milliseconds of her like, rabbling on numbers and then yeah. death scene and that's it yeah and because it's not relevant yeah she yeah it's not relevant to the story mm-hmm. they don't give her the weight she she doesn't have that much screen time like it's just what is this it just feels like filler almost yeah and i feel like the um the doctor should have been so much more sympathetic towards her because when he meets her it's just when uh, he thinks that Rose has died. Answer my question. So he's very angry and upset and doesn't really have a lot of you know, compassion for the people around him. Mm. And so he's just kind of shouting at her or like, um, yeah, yeah. Um, treating her pretty badly. Because in any other situation, he would have been like, this is horrible. What yeah. have they done to this person? 
how has this been allowed to happen? But does he know at that time that... Yeah. Oh, he does, okay. Yeah, or, or he comes... And, well, he comes in and he sees this human being mm-hmm. who's obviously being, you know, exploited really horribly and, like... Well, I don't think it's obvious she's being exploited, but obviously that she's... Uh, it's not normal, but... Um, it doesn't ha- I mean, I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't be the first time a character on Doctor Who would do something like that by their own free will, if that's their job. Yeah, sure. Like but he would be able to tell, I think, that like this is not a good situation mm. for someone to have all these wires like stuck inside their chest and just be like mindlessly rambling numbers. So you can clearly tell that, like, oh, that's not a great situation. Yeah. But, um, and then he's very soon told that, you know, she was chosen when she was five. You know, in any other situation, the doctor would have been so angered by that. Yeah. Uh, but in this, you know, it, it's never really addressed by him. Which, yeah, it's kind of strange. Even after she, like, gets zapped away. It's never brought up that, you know... You did this to a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, same, same. It's the same with Linda. Like they don't get that reaction to their death. Yeah. You, yours. We are supposed to supply the reaction. Mm-hmm. The audience. Mm. Yeah, and you know, obviously, the audience has to care about the characters, but it's a lot easier to care about them when you feel like everyone else does. Yeah, and the characters care about each other. Mm, I think. Yeah, she's just kind of unnecessary. Yeah, I think it's a shame because I don't mind her otherwise. Uh, but yeah, then it's, you know, revealed that people don't die, they just get zapped away to become Daleks. Yeah, because obviously uh, Rose dies in part one. Yeah, and Nine's reaction is really sad. Oh... He's so devastated. Mm, and he's just kind of grabbing at her ashes. Oh, God. Oh. But then they realise that she's not dead. I can't remember how they figured this out. But Jack figures it out. Um, yeah. I love when he <laughs> tests it out on Linda. Yes. And Nine's like, you killed her. <laughs> <laughs> what if it hadn't worked? What if he actually had Oopsies. killed her? He's like, well, it was worth a shot. Oh, we get the first Jack greeting person as flirting gag. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which comes back a bunch of times. Um, and I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> but I also like it because uh, the doctor's always so annoyed by it. He's like really pissed off. Not now. Yeah. It's like, what do you care uh, what else happens in this? How does it end? It's oh, it ends with no. Um, sh- nine so nine tricks Rose and sends her back to Earth. No, because, yes, he does. It ends with I'm coming to get you, Rose. Oh, you mean part one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're still talking about part one. Oh, I thought I didn't know you were talking chronologically. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well. Uh. Yeah. Incredibly romantic. Yeah, you, you kind of lost your mind a little bit. You were like, if a man said that to me. <laughs> if I was Rose in that situation, where he was like, Rose, you just stay right. What is he saying? 
Oh, he says... Of course, he's like... He has a speech where he's like, this is what I'm going to do. He says, no. And you're like, what do you mean, no? Oh, yeah. He's like, no. No, I won't. Like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to... I'm going to save all the people on Satellite 5. I'm going to write... Write the wrong with history yeah i'm gonna get rose tyler and then I'm, and then just to top it off i'm gonna wipe out every single stinking dollar yeah from this universe and then i'm gonna make out with rose <laughs> but he's like i'm going i'm coming to get you oh and if i was rose in that situation i would have been like let's get married now now <laughs> so that's how the first episode ends um yeah, and then uh, the next one begins, and he goes to get her, and then they leave, and then, yeah, yeah the first part of the parting so of the ways. There's so much more Dalek stuff in this one, because obviously the Dalek reveal has been, has happened. Yeah. And it's just so, like, uh, I didn't, I didn't listen. No, the first, bored. the first part of the parting of the ways, incredibly boring. Like, they're just negotiating with the Daleks. And, like, the sound effect that they put on certain Daleks. When it's, like, they deepen their voice instead of mm-hmm. um, yeah, make, making kind of... it high-pitched. It makes it yeah. so hard to hear what they're saying. And it didn't help that, you know, the audio was not very good. But, like, even when the audio is good, I always struggle to hear what the Daleks are saying when they have that low voice yeah deep voice um and it's also just a bunch of boring stuff they're like we we are recreating the dalek race we will rule (laughs) like okay who cares but and then what happens they go back they start doing their plan right yeah it's, it's just a lot of planning it's a lot of boring stuff uh jack has like some motivational speeches I have to say, what I think is really funny, and I kept pointing it out to you when we were watching, is they always have this, like, one graphic of, like, five Daleks rolling around in the background. Yeah. But they keep using it, like, even at a time when the Daleks are, like, listening to something and they're supposed to be, like, like, at the end there's this big moment. I don't remember, I don't even remember the big moment, but it's a big moment where they're listening or they're, like, threatening to kill the Dalek. Or the Doctor. And in the background there's always, like, five Daleks just like not listening and doing their own thing yeah it's when Rose it, it happens multiple times but oh when, when she's blasting when Rose is like you know blasting people with her bad wolf powers yeah and you know just reducing them to dust there are these Daleks who are just rolling around in the background taking a walk <laughs> and they're like okay anywhere I'm going for a walk right now I'm going to the shop do you need anything oh it's really good um <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, we have another moment between Rose and... No, uh, Nine and Linda. Mm-hmm. Where it's... Oh, he mm, tries to kiss her. It's very... It very much seems like he's going to kiss her. Yeah, that was the point. Yeah, it, he's he's trying to kiss her. They're like... And then they're like, oh, no, okay, just They're, like, hands. talking, and he, you know, leans in against her. It's like he's going to kiss her cheek or something. No, I think it looked like he was going to kiss her on the mouth. I will have to rewatch it. Yeah. Many yeah. times. But at least it was... <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was definitely, he was trying to kiss her. But it was either on the mouth or the cheek. I think it was the mouth. But, um, like, 
No doubt about it that he was trying to kiss her. And then it was like, oh, okay, maybe Yeah, not. and then he just lunged back and then... They did, still... like, the handshake thing. Yeah, awkwardly shake hands. It's so weird. And Rose is in the background looking at them. <laughs> She's like, what is going on? Which is, we mentioned that uh, Linda and Nine are kind of flirty with each other, or at least Linda is... Linda says that he's attractive, which is oh, very nice to hear. She does, and... The very first thing she says to him is, like, she calls him sweetheart. Oh, yeah. Which I think everyone should call nine sweetheart exactly. all the time. Because he is a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, it's also just funny to me, or not funny, but awesome and... Oh, my God, that's an old word. And incredible. Awesome. <laughs> it's epic fail. It's epic and awesome to me when, like, a 20, 30-something-year-old young woman calls an older man sweetheart fuck yes <laughs> that's an epic win epic. <laughs> no! oh i'm so sorry that was a bit of an epic fail that was a bit of an epic fail i can't believe you dropped my phone while we were recording sorry um yeah, so they kind of have some flirty banter going on, but like not enough that he would be like, "Time to make my move on Linda and kiss her in front of Rose." In front like, of Rose, and she's just what? looking at them like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Um, yeah. Oh, and then he sends her home. Rose, Rose yeah, this. and there's. That scene in the TARDIS that I, that was... Oh, with uh, the hologram. Yeah, yeah, he has the hologram that um, tells her what to do when, you know, he's, they're in danger. And he says, like, oh, if you're seeing this, I'm probably dead or dying. She gets to take the TARDIS with her and just leave it there. Because he... In this situation, he believes he's going to die. There's no, there's no way to win this. Yeah, and he's not going to regenerate. He's just going to die. Oh, I think that's a nice speech anyway about leaving the TARDIS. Let it just be some box, you know, gathering dust somewhere in a corner, mm-hmm. and just leaving it there. And I think that's quite a nice imagery. Um, it's sad but nice. Um, and then obviously Rose doesn't do that. She refuses, mm-hmm. and she. She feels like there's nothing left for her home anymore on Earth. She wants to travel and all of that. So she does the absolute most. And, um, yeah, it takes convincing Jackie to, to get the the <laughs> the car from Rodrigo. Yeah. Um, by telling her about Pete. Which also brings back to that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You don't have anything to say about that, do you? Uh, no, I like her speech and the... Or not speech, but like her little... Moment. Uh, moment in the restaurant that they're in. Oh, yeah. She talks about life with the doctor. It's so goofy when she has to run off at the end. Yeah, we talked about that. It was so, like... <laughs> it's kind of unfortunate for Billy because I think she's such a good actress and she does so well with those lines but then obviously the script says and then rose runs off dramatically or something and like you can't do that and not make it look goofy it's very awkward it's so awkward yeah. just like 
and I can't, and I just can't, and she like <laughs> rushes so out. Funny. Uh, yeah, so unfortunate for her because uh, the best of actors could not have done that and made it look not awkward. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but I think that's kind of a thesis statement for Rose's character, which we brought up yeah. um, maybe once or twice. Um, kind of what she boils down to as a person is, you know, she really wants this life. And like, um, funnily enough, we uh, arrived at this topic because we were talking about what kind of TV shows Rose would watch. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, back in the... Yeah. Yeah, like, what would what Rose... Like, what would she do? And, you know, in this scene, it's kind of confirmed that, like, she doesn't want to do that. She doesn't get any joy out of just watching TV and, like, reading books. That's not what she enjoys. Oh, Rose does not read books. No, definitely <laughs> not. And, like, that's fine. Um, and that's not what she wants and craves you know she wants to have these adventures and go out into the world and you know see things and experience things for herself and meet people and help people you know that's where her heart lies make a stand make a say no you stand up for what's right yes like she says yeah yeah and yeah i I get it but it's also very like instagram infographic or like inspirational quote. Sure, but like she's nineteen. I know, but <laughs> but it's also not meant to be. This is a nineteen-year-old. It's meant to be like an inspiring. No, moment. I think this is pretty. Feels pretty authentic because it's not like um, it's not very poetic the way she says it. She's mm. just saying like, um, what's on her mind? I think that you know you make a stand you. You say up. no. You, you stand say no. Up for what's no, but right. like those are not like complicated thoughts to how I think most people think about those things. And if they got really worked up and passionate about it, they anyone could um, say that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's pretty reasonable that she uh, phrases it that way. Mm. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I just think I think Russ. I I I think that Russell thought that was a very very nice inspirational moment, because I yeah. see people on Tumblr like doing gift sets and being like, and that being the quote they use for Rose, and it's just kind of like. But it is it's quite generic. Okay, it's um, it's not bad. It's not like it's bad writing or whatever. It's like it's fine. It's just like. It's, it makes me cringe a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't want it, like, tattooed on my body or anything. <laughs> um, no. But I don't enjoy inspirational quotes in general. I think they're silly. <laughs> but, um... Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, I feel... It, it's not just, like, oh, a quote just in general. Like, I feel like Moffat is the kind of writer to... Ha- um put in certain quotes that are like things he thought sounded really good and clever but are not really relevant to the character or to the story how do you mean um i don't know if i have an example but like (laughs) for some reason the only thing i can think about is 
every Christmas is last, last Christmas. Christmas. Which is a really stupid quote in general. Oh, but like, God. Those kind of kinds of things, mm. and uh, usually they're... They really, they really bit, named the whole episode after that quote. Yeah, usually they're a bit less stupid than that quote, but it can still be like things that are kind of thought-worthy, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not like, oh yeah, this really tells us something about this character and this story. Whereas this thing with Rose, I'm like, yeah, she's saying this because this is like her character's whole deal. This okay. is what she's learned at this point. Yeah, and not just because Russell is using us her as like a mouthpiece to get in this nice quote that he came up with in the shower, and he's writing this specifically for Rose and yeah. for her character. And like, yeah. what would she think about this? What would she have um, taken away from this experience that she's been through this season? Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's also written Rose to be that kind of character because that's the message he wants to have mm-hmm. with his show. That, yeah. Like, you know, you have this everyday normal person, like people always praise him for, who, um, you know, have kind of very mundane lives and then learn that there's so much more and, yeah, they have all these... Yeah, like she's just, she's just like, wake up, go to yeah. work, go home, eat chips, mm-hmm. watch telly, and then go to sleep and do it all over again. But who can actually, you know, do things that matter. Yeah, like if Martha had said this, I would have been like, what? That makes no sense for Martha's character. Mm-hmm. Or like the storyline around her. Yeah. Uh, but maybe people would still have been like, oh, wow, that's such a great quote. Mm-hmm. Stand up for yourself for for what's right but like it wouldn't really have made sense in that context whereas for rose it makes sense for the character and for the story at that point so about rose and billy piper uh who i think is a great actress um well she's good no i think she's i think she's one of the best actresses or actors in the world. In the world. No, in Doctor Who. Okay, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean... Okay, I don't, I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know what that means. Uh, but I mean, what has she had to compete with? <laughs> Mainly the other Doctor... I, I think... Well, there are lots of good actors in Doctor Catherine Who. Tate is amazing. She's amazing. Jenna's amazing. Do amazing. Yeah, okay. I think oh, Billy's really? better than Jenna. By <gasps> a long shot. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, I love Clara and I like Jenna's performance as her, but I don't think her acting is like the best all the time. Oh, okay. But um, but she has that very distinct like Moffaty acting. Mm-hmm. You know, when Quick she's Quick wit, like, kind of. Yeah, like... she's super witty and quirky. Yeah, um... But Peter Capaldi obviously is great. Matt Smith is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Yeah. There are lots of good actors in Doctor Who. But I think Billy is very good at being very natural and like authentic. She feels like just a normal girl. Mm-hmm. Like she's very good at delivering like just normal everyday dialogue and making it sound, you know natural yeah 
Uh, so what I was going to get to is when she then does her bad wolf speech. Oh. That's not her strong suit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I, and specifically when I say that she's a great actress, I mean that she's very good at, you know, just playing like a normal person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these dramatic things... Where she's like, I create life. It's just so weird. It's a weird scene. It's very out of her, um, I don't know, I I don't want to say comfort zone, because I don't know what she's comfortable with, but like, it's kind of... um, Out of her type of acting, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really... uh, It doesn't work that well, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, like... My head... Like, I don't know what she was giving, uh, what kind of directions she was given for this. Because, like, couldn't Russell just have told her, actually, it doesn't really work that you deliver the lines, like, really whispery and squeaky. Like, that they sounds weird. They also kind weird. of do a kind of weird effect on her voice as well. So they, they change it. Yeah, I think, she, like, they kind of add a filter on it or something. I think it sounds like, at least. And then, obviously, she's kind of like, there's no emotion from her at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's, like, um, in a trance. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of comes back when she's the bad wolf in... Um, the 50th? The 50th anniversary. And she's not the bad, bad wolf, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, moment. she's, like... <laughs> she is the bad wolf. <laughs> she's got a point. She's an icon. She's a legend. And she is the moment. Now, come on now. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot about that because her character in that is so weird. But that's kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, yeah, Billy Pepper can do this, I guess, but it's not what she's the best at. Mm-hmm. But that moment, yeah, it's the big finale. She, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I I think I like it as like uh, aesthetically I kind of like it. She looks great with the glowing oh, eyes. She looks gorgeous. But it's very like I said to you, it's very marble with like the glowing eyes, and she just like does like the Iron Man shoots away. <laughs> of, of, yeah, a the death ray, <laughs> the beam out of her hand. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. It looks um very marvelly, very superhero movie. Mm. But yeah. Uh, aesthetically, I kind of like, you know, the time vortex, you know, just... Um, the way all the Dalek ships are just, like, pulverized. Yeah. And, like, goldish glitter. Yeah, it looks good. Mm. Um, and I kind of enjoy it also that, like, that gets to be the solution. That, you know, the TARDIS is just so powerful um, that you have this kind of hybrid between the TARDIS and uh, oh. human. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's good. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> Even though the scene is a little bit awkward. Um, I yeah. think he's weird in it too. It, it doesn't really like work until... No, it doesn't even work. It, it, just, it works when they stop talking and they kiss. <laughs> my head it's killing me 
I love the moment. Come here. Like, it's so, no. Yeah. Um, I love the moment, though, when she's like, I see everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, he's like, that's what I, I see. see. Yeah. And, oh, you see in his face when he, like, realizes that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love Christopher Eccleston's, like, facial acting. That sounds awkward. Yeah, <laughs> just like his acting generally. Yeah, yeah, but you know, acting is a lot of things. So mm-hmm. just what he does with like his expressions. Yeah, I think is always very good. Mm. But yeah, they do finally get a kiss. Oh, it's the most romantic kiss in Doctor Who. Yeah, because it's the only one that's given the weight of it. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's really good. Yeah. Uh, although I think maybe ten and Rose that kiss has a lot of weight, even though I. What? Which one? The one. Um, New Earth. No, uh, when they kiss, when she kisses his clone. Oh okay, yeah. So yeah, ten two that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I think people would probably rank that as like the most romantic kiss. Uh no, you're wrong. <laughs> it's nine and Rose. I don't know. I can't describe why it's. It's like this incredibly cheesy line. I think you it's need a doctor. It's so cheesy. It's so cheesy, but I, I really enjoy it. It's so funny that he would be like, okay, before I kiss Rose Tyler, I need to <laughs> get out this um, horrible pickup line. Yeah, Yeah, he's... um, And he just... He, he definitely didn't think of that before. It just came to him in the spot. And he's like, I'm going to say it. Yeah, she won't remember it. But I'm going to say it. <laughs> oh, yeah, she doesn't remember that they kissed. Oh, no. Oh, that's true. Not that no. that affects anything whatsoever with season two at all. Well, no. Ugh. Mm. But, yeah, love that kiss. Love it for them. Mm. Yeah, it's finally, you know, they've been wrestling with this all season. Right, because I feel like people kind of ignore or forget that Nine and Rose have this romance going on. Yeah. Uh, people... Yeah, it kind of falls in the background with Ten and Rose, obviously. Yeah, and people act like that's where it starts and that like, oh she wasn't interested in the doctor before, but then he regenerates because he was old and ugly. <laughs> yeah. Then he regenerates into uh David Tennant and she's like, oh, oh no we're like meant for each other and um you know they just forget about the entire season before that being mm-hmm. like romantic tension between the two of them and a kiss at the end yeah which is like oh he's doing it to like suck out the <laughs> <laughs> the time vortex energy mm. but i'm sure he should he could have done that in a different way like i'm sure he could have just i don't know done it with um Oh yeah, it's, it. I know it's like not. When it's he, not like he just kisses her because it's the only way he can suck out the the time vortex. Yeah, no, it's, he probably could have done you know something with his fingers, like when he erases people's memories. Yeah, something like that. But no, he, obviously they want to kiss. He yeah. had to kiss her. Um, yeah, like would he have done the same if it was Mickey? <laughs> <laughs> no, or Jackie or something. Probably Jackie. <laughs> Uh, no, it's because it's Rose. 
So yeah, we love that. Um, unfortunately, the joy is cut short for us. Yeah, and everyone. Oh, oh, this is my favorite regeneration scene, though. Even though he regenerates into David Tennant, <laughs> <laughs> but like the way it's written is my favorite one. It's very nice. Although it's sweet. I, yeah, I haven't seen um, Twelve's regeneration, and I also haven't seen any of the old classic Who regeneration. I mean, that's on no one's favorite list. <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay, well, I, because I that was a think... whole different thing back then. It was just like it was very weird. I. I mean, I haven't seen any of them, so I won't say, you know... But usually it's just, like... Like, the first generation was just William Hartner lying... Just, like, <laughs> lying down on the floor, and then, like, ten seconds, and then you just kind of fade in Patrick Troughton's face. That's my favourite. By the way, did you know that um, Patrick Troughton's grandson is someone on the show? I've, you've told me this, but I don't know who, who it is. Not in the show. Not in the show. <gasps> Someone's boyfriend? No. Tell me, because you've it's, told it's me. It's Dudley from Harry Potter. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Whose name is also Harry. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was like, yeah, <laughs> and his name is Patrick. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, I love, I love Dudley so much. Like, you're so weird. No, not, but like in th- that actor, the child actor who plays mm-hmm. Dudley. Harry Mulling. Harry. Oh, it's so funny. I love seeing like little children just act their asses off. Oh. When he's like, I want a 27 present. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love that this child just gets paid to like scream. scream. <laughs> so funny. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah, regenerations. Okay, so I think I would... Because the reason that I really like this regeneration is because it's so, like, straightforward. And I really hate... It's not It's not del- melodramatic. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I The reason I hate 10 and 11th regenerations is because they're so melodramatic and so drawn out. And they're so, like, meta. They're very much, you know addressing the audience they don't feel like genuinely this is what this character would feel and how they would act they're much more like um ritualistic for the audience and like now we're gonna you know say goodbye to this actor and to this era and they're gonna get this speech and like it's gonna be really sad and melodramatic but like um what i enjoy about this one is that you know nine is very he's he's so much more focused on rose and like how she's gonna feel in this moment because he's been through this a bunch of times already and but he's still sad i like that because he's still sad about it he's like i mean yeah i'm not gonna see you again or we're not gonna see each other again at least not like this you know yeah. And and I was going to take you to so many places and do so many things with you that we're never going to get to do now, at least mm-hmm. not like this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to change. And that means our relationship will change and this won't be, like, this won't ever happen again yeah. the way we have it now. We're going to be so much more annoying <laughs> from now on. <laughs> yeah, so, like, obviously... As I said, he's been through this a lot of times 
and every time is of course like difficult you know a little I, I don't think i like to yeah think. i don't think dying gets easier the second or third time you do it right mm. um but what would i know but well like, speaking from experience right <laughs> um but i enjoy that it's still like it feels you can feel that like he's not a child he's not a young man he's an incredibly old man who's been through this so many times this is a part of his life this is a part of his race how they operate and like this is natural to him even though it's probably scary and traumatic as you said but like in the moment he's so much more concerned about rose and how she's going to react and to reassure her that it's still going to be me and like i'm something's going to happen i'm going to change um but you know you were fantastic Oh. And you know what? So was I. Yeah. Yeah, I just like it. I miss it. you. I miss <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't describe anymore why I like it, but it's nice that it's so concise, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. But, um, yeah, so this is my favorite of the regenerations and... Even though he regenerates into David Tennant. David Tennant. Bold. He's bold for a few yeah. moments, which is very funny. Yes. I say with a stud, deadpan. <laughs> it was very funny. Very funny. I like that how she really loves Nine so much. like Because yeah. we always see, like, Ten. People always see Ten as being, like, the her doctor. Mm-hmm. But and I know that's the one I'm gonna take. Like, but I like to think that nine is her doctor. Yeah. And, and and you know. This new man is just like oh, I want my, the man I love. Back. Mm-hmm. What about him? You know, because he, mm, it it is the same character, but I feel like, it kind of gets forgotten a little. Yeah, bit. definitely. That, that thing gets forgotten. Yeah, that they had a really special relationship and a real connection. And obviously it's the same person, but at the same Mm -hmm. time it isn't. With that, I think it's time for us to say goodbye to him. um, And very ritualistically say thank you so much, Christopher Eccleston, for your performance and what you brought to the character and what you brought to the show Mm. and... uh, Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sweetheart. (laughs) And... and, um, um, we're very grateful that we got to have you, even if it was for only a little short while. Yeah. And uh, oh, also, I should say, um, two episodes ago, uh, I kept talking about how hot Christopher Eccleston <laughs> yeah. is, and I made like a comment about his body, and I was very careful about that. But I also think it's important to mention that he had anorexia at the time. Or bulimia. He just he had mm-hmm. an eating disorder, mm-hmm. and he has since talked about how everyone liked the way he looked in the show, mm-hmm. but for him that's bad because he was having an, he had an eating disorder. So I'm very sorry. Aww. you're still you're I'm not still. You're an attractive man. Yeah. Now also. Oh so, my god! Yeah. Um, and like I would not be. I mean, I think he's like handsome mm-hmm. but i mean i wouldn't be like oh my god christopher eccleston he's so beautiful if i wasn't like really if i didn't like him as a person mm-hmm. 
I feel like if he was a dickhead, I would not have any of that attraction. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I don't know. He's just, uh, he comes across as such a, you know, honest and authentic person, mm-hmm. I think. And like, yeah, just a, real. just a great guy. And quite I'm gonna, serious I'm gonna about miss his, him. <laughs> quite serious about his work. Yeah. Also. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, and, yeah, how how do you feel about now that we've, I mean, it feels weird that we've, we've finished season one, how how does that feel for you, are you, I mean, because I personally count the Christmas special as season two, because yeah. it's purely ten, and that feels like wrong that that belongs to season one, because season one, I think, should just be nine, mm-hmm. so do you, I mean, this is, uh, I th- I think we should include that in season two. Okay, yeah, sure, we can do that. Yeah. Um, I don't really see any of the specials as like belonging to any certain season, mm. I think. Or unless there, it's like the snowman, which is, you know, middle seven. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I'm like, the episodes that are released between seasons, mm-hmm. I'm not like, oh, this is absolutely season three or mm-hmm. whatever mm. um you know i keep thinking that the runaway bride is season four because it has donna in it yeah but it's season three yeah exactly or even season two depending on how you feel but um oh yeah it's between those two yeah um yeah but we can we can have it in ah, we'll find out we'll, you'll find out once we upload it it's gonna be so weird because yeah. we're gonna be watching it like a christmas special in the middle of like june <laughs> Sure, but also the Doctor Who Christmas specials are never very Christmassy. very Christmassy. No. So and especially like some of them, like the Snowman and what's it called, um, Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol, the good ones. Yeah, they're kind of Christmassy, mm-hmm. but um, the ones that are like set in London, modern day, modern yeah. day London with no snow, just the same buildings as every other episode. Mm. It's like there's nothing that makes me feel get in like a christmas mood mm-hmm. also because like christmas traditions in britain are not the same as in sweden so i'm, no. I'm not gonna have the same associations with like their paper crowns and be like oh christmas <laughs> <laughs> because, oh the turkey because we don't have that in sweden but... oh the christmas turkey yeah oh my God. <laughs> uh, no so i I don't think it's going to be weird for me, but it might be weird to, like, release that episode in June. <laughs> what do you think, guys? Should we wait until Christmas to to release that episode? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great idea. Let's, what, let's wait seven months. Yeah, and let's have only one season per year. Hey, everyone. It's Daphne. I've got a bit of a cold, so I sound really um, idiotic, but um, I just... I have to correct myself. Um, we recorded this in May, I believe. Um, and then I started editing it in September, late September, early October. It is now December. Like, this is... I think I'm going to upload it today. So it's going to be la- like live tomorrow on the 5th of December. Um and it's super like I have to laugh. I have to laugh. Please laugh with us. We 
are so confident that we're going to be able to cram in the Christmas special in June. And then we joke about, should we wait until December? And then we just, like, no, like, we did not plan it. It is December now, and we are actually going to watch it for Christmas. And we actually did, unironically, unplanned, wait seven months to do it. So, <laughs> so I just had to button to say that um, from my little editing room. So, yeah. Uh, back to your regularly scheduled programming, whatever you say. Uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. And uh, hopefully we'll start recording the next episode soon so there won't be another seven months away. Bye. Yeah, and let's have only one season per year so that we're going to finish this in nine years. <laughs> Ten years. No, nine years. Yeah, because this is, we're done with this one. Yeah. We're going to be 33. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't even say it. <laughs> Uh, but, well, you were asking what I thought about season one. Yeah, just like uh, as as a finished product. Yeah. Because I think it's finished now. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? Um, I like it. I still like it. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, more solid in my mind mm-hmm. as a season now that I've seen it a couple of times. Because I maybe felt that it was a bit scattered before like mm-hmm. okay it had a couple like a few strong points that i liked um in terms of episodes mm-hmm. and then mostly just episodes that i didn't care about and that they felt a bit disjointed in my mind mm. but now i feel like i have a better view of the entire series i guess yeah i think i think they're still they're they're joined they're more conjoined um even though there's obviously some uh, some um low points in the sh- yeah. in the series but, but they still like they still add <clears throat> add up to a complete story mm-hmm. they're not just stray episodes like even with uh, what we call the wasting time episode the schlonge that did have an impact yeah <laughs> yeah Crazily weirdly enough weirdly enough cuz it's such a boring episode and then that becomes like super important to the finale that that one and the other um, oh should we do like favorite parts of the season like okay least favorite episode and favorite episode for example mm-hmm. like i want to say my least favorite is the dickens episode yeah which is called <laughs> what the hell is it called ghost something no. It's not a Christmas carol, obviously. No, it's not Christmas. No, it is kind of around It is Christmas. Christmas. And I also realised that when we were talking about that episode and, like, talking about the ghost... Oh, yeah, and I was like, there's no reason for Charles Dickens to be in this story. I'm sorry if anyone listened to that and was like, hello, it's because Charles Dickens wrote a story about ghosts and that's why he's in it. Mm-hmm. I know, I just never said anything about it. <laughs> I, I want everyone to know that I... I know that he wrote a story about ghosts. Now that that's out of the way. (laughs) The cat's out of the bag. What is it called? The the unquite dead. Unquite dead. (laughs) The not quite dead. The not quite dead. The not quite great episode. Um, 
Okay, what's the... F- and I'm going to guess that you're going to say Dalek is your favourite. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm, I think my least favourite's going to be Long Game. Mm-hmm. The Long Game. Mm. And my favourite's going to be Boomtown, I think. Really? Yeah, I know. <gasps> I thought it was Father's Day. No, Boomtown. Yeah. That's also but I a very good choice. I know, right? I think those... The best, the top three episodes are Dalek, Boomtown, and Father's Day. I think those are the strongest. Yeah. Um. Um. By far. And really? then there's and there's other good episodes like Rose and 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 End of the World and those episodes. The Empty good. Child. Yeah. And the Doctor Dances, I also think, are great episodes. Yeah, they're great, but I think those three are just something else. Yeah. Um. And they're all standalone. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of good episodes. I think. You mentioned the end of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Also, a really good episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a good season, and I think it. It's a solid it, season. A lot of it yeah. gets forgotten. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like the really famous episodes are, the Doctor dances and the Empty Child. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what people. Always the one. If you're gonna about. watch the nine episode, you've gotta watch those. Yeah. Which I think is. No, I think you should watch Boomtown in that case. <laughs> yes. Because it's great and also because he's really stand out and he has yeah. those amazing scenes with mm-hmm. the yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that um what um What else to do a ranking of? That was the only thing I could think of. Okay, uh least favourite and least favourite monster. Oh um I mean I feel like I have to say the least favorite are the ghosts. The Gelf. The Gelf. The Gelf is that that's what they're called. Yeah, they're called the Gelf. Oh God, from the Unquieted, but also the monsters from Father's Day, which okay. we talked about in length. You know mm-hmm. why they're pretty lame, but maybe not as like not as stupid as the Gelf. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're just like. What are these things? Why are they evil? Why are they like yeah. devils from hell? No. Stop. That's uh, pretty awful. Um, tell me your least favorite. Well, I think about my favorites. I think my least favorite is the the thing in the sky in the long oh, game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty terrible as yeah. well. Yeah, it's amazing we haven't said the Slitheen. Just says a yeah, lot about how they're... bad the other <laughs> aliens are. That Slovene are just like okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the they're kind of just like, like they're they're kind of too iconic to be because they're bad with the farting and everything. But it's still like you can't right say them. I think the the criteria for bad monsters, if we look at the Gelf and the whatever whatever the they're thing, called the blue goo yeah yeah and the father's day monsters the dinosaurs <laughs> the pterodactyls <laughs> um they're all bad because they they are so useless in the episode and they don't feel like you know they don't feel threatening and they just feel silly and like mm-hmm. ugh, you don't care about them but like the slitheen you know they make those episodes even though they're also very stupid. Yeah, you can't get those episodes without the Slovene. No, exactly. Um, and they also are responsible for Boomtown. So. Yeah. Um, but what about favourite? I feel like there are a lot of good monsters. 
I would kind of hesitate to call the child in the empty child a monster, even though I mean it kind of is the the monster of the week. Um, yeah, there's no monster in that episode. No, I mean that's the the empty child is you know the antagonist and like the danger yeah that they're running from but it feels wrong to call it a monster when it's like yeah because a child it's not even the child like the child is obviously the iconography of it but it's like the 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 thing that that fixes the people and but yeah that's also not evil it's just a miscommunication thing Mm -hmm. but let's go through like the the aliens of of the of the monsters of the season, so there's a nesting consciousness from episode one. Oh yeah. Episode two, the, the repeated meme. I mean, Cassandra is Cassandra. a pretty iconic yeah. enemy. She's number two. Yeah. Episode two, and then there's the Gelf, and then what <laughs> episode is episode four? That's um, that's Aliens of London. It's when uh, Rose comes back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah, so it's then it's Slitheen and then it's the Dalek. Yeah. Which the da I mean, the way the Dalek is used in that episode yeah. I think is like the best in the season. Yeah, I But I, I also can't say that the Daleks are the best enemy because they're no. so horribly used in the finale. No, I think I think but I think we can say cuz that's what I'm going to answer the best alien is or the best monster is that singular Dalek. Yeah, cuz it's also the best well, uh, like iteration of it's the best dalek story or like mm-hmm. even if you look at asylum of the dalek it's not like oh yeah the the aliens are so good in this episode i feel like dalek is the episode where yeah you really get a sense of like why these creatures work yeah so, yeah yeah that's a pretty valid choice what happens after dalek which episode is that is it the Schlongen? Yes, because it's with Adam. Oh yeah, and then there's the blue thing, and then and then it's. Oh my God, we recently watched these, and I know it's another Is one. it Father's Day? Father's Day, yeah, and then then after that it's Boomtown, so Slithine again. Or no, it's um, the Empty Child. Oh yeah, and okay, yeah, okay. So those are the aliens. Um, yeah, yeah, that's so. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Talking regarding like uh, Billy Piper's great performance, would do you consider she? Do you think she's better than than Christopher Eccleston? I don't know. No, maybe not. Mm. Or maybe she is. I don't know. I at, at least at the time for the audience, she was the standout. Yeah. Mm, she really carried a lot on her back. Not that he didn't as well, but Yeah. People loved her. Yeah. And I think uh, the thing about Billy is I don't know, she just has this very unique acting style, I think. She just feels like so um Yeah, there's something about the way she is that just feels like so effortless yeah um that you rarely see so i really do and and like this was her first real acting gig 
Yeah, it's the first time she's ever acted. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah. Yeah, how did she manage to book this with nothing on her resume? I mean, like her except for her music video. Yeah. I don't know. Did she audition or was or Russell look, just like looking for her? She's cool, I guess. I like her singing. I will cast her. I, I have no idea. She must have an audition at least, but maybe they contacted her. Yeah. And yeah, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I think they're pretty equal, honestly. I couldn't choose, but yeah. I really, I don't know. I wish we had gotten another season with Christopher. Yeah, where he could really show his chops. Yeah. Because he's, he's just getting started, it feels like. Yeah. Like, he gets good material, but not on the same level, I think, as uh, maybe David and Matt. And Peter. Oh, and Peter. Peter. Oh, my gosh. Because he doesn't really get those, like, monologues and those scenes. Yeah, the, but I mean... And he doesn't really get... He gets, like, quiet moments where he kind of gets quiet yeah. and says, you know my family dot 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 whereas the others will like scream and cry mm-hmm. christopher's acting is a lot more subtle mm-hmm. and yeah i think in lots of ways i prefer that like there have been so many times in these past episodes like in our podcast where we have pointed out like a specific face that he makes or like oh when he says this line and his face when he says this and like mm-hmm. there's so many you know, tiny little things about his acting that, um, yeah, they're just, like, honestly, masterfully done. I I just really admire him. Uh, because, yeah, he's not screaming and shouting and, like, crying as a lot of the other doctors get to do. But I think it's still so effectful yeah what, what he does with the role and that's not saying it's bad that they get to scream and shout i think they get to do yeah they just get to do the whole roster of mm-hmm. emotions and, and scenes yeah. whereas he gets a very limited yeah selection mm-hmm. because he doesn't have you know four seasons under his belt yeah no mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah anything else that we want to rank in this season. Do you want to do like outfits? Rose's <gasps> outfits. Oh my god, I was thinking about that in this episode. I was like, would it be kind of vain and sexist to be like, what are Rose's best fits? But we we unfortunately can't do it with Nine because he only wears the, the same, same outfit all the time. We can't do it with Mickey. <laughs> no, obviously but with, with not. like a regular... Also men or... There's no man in Doctor Who who has, like... A, I mean, obviously, the Doctor has a very interesting clothing style throughout the show, but... Uh, not, but he not, usually has his signature look. Exactly, yeah. And obviously not this Doctor. Like, I'm thinking I more guess, of, like, the sixth Doctor. I mean, I think when we get to season eight and nine, we're going oh, yeah. to rank 12's outfits. Oh, yeah. He gets He's to a wear fashionista, some, for sure. He is. I love his, like, spotted dress shirt. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I love his outfits. And then season nine, obviously, some more bangers. Oh, that's my favorite. But, um, yeah, in this one, it's really only Rose. She's like the most interesting um, in terms of costume. I think her best, my favorite of hers, I think we're going to say the same one. Should we say it at the same time? 
Dalek. Oh! No, actually, yeah, boom time. You're so correct. Okay, but Dalek, her like white uh, tank top t-shirt sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And her um, like half ponytail. Half up, half down. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's so good. I love that. It, because it's so simple. It's minimalist. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. But yeah, okay, Boomtown. Actually, I might have to give it to Boomtown as the best. It's so cute. Do we have a worst? Um, it has to be one that just like... I it's think like boring. in honestly, this episode is not great. Her outfit mm-hmm. is not terrible, but um, what else does she wear? I mean, episode one and episode two, she wears fine. the same outfit. Yeah, I know that you don't like the historical the historical one but, but i think it sticks out so i can't say yeah it. and billy looks so gorgeous like even if the dress is not you know accurate i mean she still looks absolutely stunning in it so i cannot critique it unfortunately <laughs> um yeah and uh, i feel like she must have a worst i did talk rigorously about her ugly ass <laughs> Yeah. with Doc Martens but that, that, that outfit is still too iconic to say what does she wear in Father's Day? oh but she has like the denim jacket and like the pink uh, jumper and her hair is kind of like <gasps> yeah that's a really good uh, that's a good outfit and what does she wear in Aliens of London? oh she has that you know those jeans and like that ha- half off um that T-shirt that's kind of yes. off, and she has that white jacket. Yeah, <laughs> you know all of them. I for some reason I really do. Yeah, and like sneakers. Yeah, that's also a good outfit. Are there any more? Schlong game. Okay, I think maybe her. I don't like her Union Jack T-shirt. No. Okay, let's give it to that one. The most iconic Rose Tyler outfit, except for like the pink dress. Is oh. probably the Union Jack shirt, and we're gonna say that one. Yeah, I okay. hate the 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 Doc Martens have to go. They have to go. Yeah. I like her hair in that episode, but I just I've seen too many Union Jack prints on clothes in my life to like ever want to see one again. Did you see that Mickey's car in this episode had a Union Union Jack on the top? No, because he switched a car. Apparently, like you pointed yeah. out, he used to have the a yellow car, and now he has like a Union Jack car. <laughs> Union Jack car. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, I'm excited about ranking Rose's outfits in season two. Yeah, I already have a favorite. Because, oh. Fear her. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not that well, you one. were going to say the idiot's lantern. No, that's so boring and basic. Absolutely not. It's too Barbie pink. And... I know. But like that one is a season where I feel like she has bad clothes. I really like her 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 final outfit with the blue, the blue. Uh, oh yeah, stay. yeah, it's yeah! It's really pretty. Yeah, it's really nice. It looks very soft. Right. Yeah. I kind of. It looks very yeah, very soft and fuzzy and mohairy. Very comfortable. Mm. It's great. Well, oh, I'm like I just want to talk about the clothes in Doctor Who now. <laughs> We're not gonna do that. Um, oh, it's gonna be so fun. 
ranking like Amy and and yes and uh ooh exciting oh. yeah and Clara obviously obviously Clara I know those by heart yeah like even the little ones she wears for like a millisecond <laughs> yeah well well <laughs> twelve twelve um. <laughs> I think, do you think that wrap, wraps it up for this, this one, for this season? Yeah. Do we have an enemy of the season? Oh. We've forgotten to do enemy of, Oh, yeah. Enemy of the week. Enemy of the part of the week. Oh. Or enemy of the episode. I mean. Um, enemy of the part of the season. I, it's, um, I have a. Do you want to say yours first? I want to say um, sexual abuse. <laughs> That's yeah. my enemy of the season. Um, I would feel so much more comfortable watching this if I didn't know what a horrible time it was. Uh, yeah. So many of the actors were having. Mm. I, I, my enemy of the part of the season is the production team that let this go on and let this happen and didn't fire these people. Yeah. Which eventually led to... um, And um, so Russell T. Davis is included in that because he's the man in charge. And specifically, Chris never wants to work with him again. Mm -hmm. Um, When hell freezes over, he said, even. So uh, Enemy of the Pot of the Season is uh, the production team who let this go on and which eventually led to Christopher Eccleston ruining his relationship to the show yeah and him and his relationship to us like never being able to come back mm-hmm. and not do another season so that's a bummer really it really is i mean you want everyone when you love a show or like even when you don't i mean you want the people who are making it to have you know a good time i mean if it's not if it's just any old show i mean maybe they're just doing it because it's a job and they need money but Mm. like with this kind of show that you know means so much for people and um has such a special place in like british culture i guess and like so many people's lives Mm -hmm. you want everyone to have that precious relationship with it yeah and like okay even if it wasn't like heaps of fun you don't want anyone to go away from it feeling like that was really really shitty it made me feel terrible yeah and people are gonna remember me for this role people are gonna look up to me for this people are gonna always remind me of this character that i played that i hated Mm -hmm. well not the character but like yeah doing it. you know but that i hated doing Mm. so yeah you just want like for this thing to to just be good for people, right? Yeah, and to spread happiness. Yeah. Like it does for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it spreads other things too, but... Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's a real, real shame. Um, yeah. We've kind of left off with those poems of the app because we just, like, we don't have them. Yeah, no. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> so it, it was never, it was never going to be like an always sort of thing every single episode. Yeah. But if you're one of our listeners and you want to uh, submit a poem that you think is going to fit for one of the future episodes, 
please do. Or the, just the show in general as well. Yeah, yeah. If you have like a, a, a poem that you like that you think relates to Doctor Who in some way, uh, we would love to hear it. Definitely. And, uh, maybe it fits with one of the one of the episodes. Okay, I have two. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Let's hear them. Okay, so it's kind of just thinking about things as things that end and saying goodbye and just in general, just saying goodbye to, to these two characters and their relationship to each other, mm. kind of summarizing their relationship. Um, first one is The Awakening by James Weldon Johnson. I dreamed that I was a rose that grew beside a lonely way closed by a path none ever chose. There I lingered day by day. Beneath the sunshine and the shower, I grew and waited there apart, gathering perfume hour by hour and storing it within my heart, yet never knew just why I waited there and grew. I dreamed that you were a bee that one day gaily flew along. You came across the hedge to me and sang a soft love burden song. You brushed my petals with a kiss, I woke to gladness with a start, and yielded up to you in bliss, the treasured fragrance of my heart. And then I knew that I had waited there for you. Oh. Cute. Very, very romantic. And again, put some emphasis on the romance story in this season. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of the overarching Mm. story. Because, I mean, Bad Wolf is just like, oh, it shows up here and there, but it's not like a theme. No. You know, if we're actually looking at a storyline. No, the theme is kind of her finding herself and him coming back to life, sort yeah. of, after everything. Yeah. Um, you want to read the second one? Yeah, and the second one I have is Do You Still Remember Falling Stars by Rainer Maria Rilke? Rainer Maria Rilke. go ahead do you still remember falling stars how they leapt slantwise through the sky like horses over suddenly held out hurdles of our wishes did we have so many for stars innumerable left everywhere almost every gaze upward became wedded to the swift hazard of their play and our heart felt like a single thing beneath that vast disintegration of their brilliance and was whole as if it would survive them. Oh, that's really good. I'm thinking, you know, like, our wishes, did we have so many, like all these yeah. journeys that we're going to take together and all this oh, and traveling that never happened. Our single heart. Or what did it say? Yeah. Oh. Our heart, yeah, it feels... Our heart felt like a single thing. Yeah, God, that's really good. It kind of, it, it really echoes his um, farewell to her. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we were going to do so many things together. Mm. Like, And I felt like we really, you know, we understood each other. And yeah. I see my, you could understand me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very beautiful poems. Good choices. Thank you. Are you looking for one? Yeah, but I don't think I have anything actually. Um, no, but I'm gonna. Tr- 
try to find some for season two. Yes, I look forward. I'm gonna also gonna be searching for some more. So we have, yeah, yeah, more of them. Yeah, and not every episode, obviously. Mm, um, that's impossible. Has like the, um, the meat on its bones to find a relating poem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> yeah, but some of them really do. Yeah. And with that, I think it's. Time. time to wrap this up wrap this up and say um goodbye to season one thank you so much <laughs> we're gonna ride on your high through yeah. all of season two. Oh, we have to power through this Ooh, we are what what are your um no let's keep that for next episode yeah let's talk about season two like in next episode yeah like oh what our expectations are you guys will just have to wait <laughs> um so yeah thank you so much for listening and sticking through with us for season one yeah and um we hope you come along for the next adventure exactly exactly and uh, maybe yeah stay tuned to find out our beef with the tenth doctor <laughs> Oof. oh my god uh yeah i think uh it will take again we'll take some more time before we get to do those episodes yeah but, um, so it will take longer than it has done recently but it will start gaining traction again later when yeah. once i'm done with my job so mm-hmm. um so you guys will just have to wait and see <laughs> yeah but um thank you so much <laughs> for listening again and uh We'll see you for season two. Yeah. This feels like a goodbye. It doesn't it's not a goodbye. <laughs> it feels like we have so many more seasons to go. I know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So um uh guys, you were fantastic and so were we. Bye. Bye. <laughs>